Aloha, everybody. This is Q the Abolitionist. Crypto Gumbo. And you're listening to episode 32. No, episode 33 of Unshackled Liberty. So we just got done talking to Lynn Ulbricht. And uh, if you don't know the story about Lynn and Ross, Ross Ulbricht was the web designer for the Silk Road, Silk Road website, the dark, uh, is it dark web website? Dark web, yeah. Yeah, where they use Bitcoin and, and I assume other cryptocurrency, but definitely Bitcoin to trade goods and services. And uh, he got pinched on that and is serving a double life sentence plus 40 years over a website. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about, well, we have already talked to Lynn about that and we're going to be leading into this episode here next. Um, what did you think about that conversation, Kumbo? It was, uh, I have a lot of sympathy for her and I feel bad for Ross. Uh, I mean, she, you know, it's uh, definitely a heavy, a heavy episode. Um, the poor guy got, I mean, double life sentences for something like that is just unreal. You know, like, you know, this is America. It's not supposed to go down that way. And it's, uh, I just have a lot of sympathy for her. She's think, a very sweet person. Yeah. And I think it shows how broken the system is. And, and so I'm going to ask anybody who's listening to this episode, you know, we have a goofy little podcast. You guys know that. And, and we have, we have a few of you guys who are very, loyal to listening to this show and we appreciate all of that and we and we mean it when we say that it's not just lip service we really we wouldn't do this if we didn't have listeners i mean gumbo and i can goof off with a microphone um forever but but uh it's not worth producing if nobody's listening with this episode in particular please share this with everybody that you know yeah um you know, it doesn't, you know, we're, 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 this is not supposed to be like, we're not, we're not God's gift of podcasting. We're not claiming to be that, but I think this one shows a significant problem in our legal system, regardless of your political ideology, whether you are team red or team blue or team black like me um, or, or team, team yellow or, or any other team, team green or whatever, man, I don't care. Yeah. Um, there's no reason why a nonviolent criminal or uh, sorry, a nonviolent offender should be imprisoned for two life sentences plus 40 years in this country. So Ross needs to be let out. We need to free Ross. So please, if you're listening to this, take the link, send it to your mom, send it to your dad, send it to your brothers and sisters, your cousins, your aunties and uncles, your friends at work. Um, share this with everybody, please. This one needs to blow up more than any other episode that we've done. And we got a couple good ones out there, but I'd like to see this one blow up. So it's my personal request uh, when we release this, that you share this information and get it out to everybody. What do you think, Gumbo? I agree with you. Uh, so, and this is kind of, um, we, we usually don't do episodes like this very often. Uh, we have a couple, we have a few, like Q said, but this is definitely one that, um, if you have a beating heart in your chest and you, and you listen to it and you hear her words and you know that that man's in his cage, share it because that could be any of us, you know, for any minor, minor offense, you know, the guy shouldn't be in prison, especially for double synthesis, you know, so share it. Okay. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. Here's Lynn Albert. I wish I were there. <laughs> so, so I hope you don't mind. We're already recording. Um, is that okay with you? Sure. Um, can you hear me okay? I can. Yeah, I can. How, can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you fine. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I don't have glasses. Oh, put them somewhere. <laughs> Never mind. Here we go. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. So, um, you better. Lynn, I'm, I'm Q the Abolitionist, and this is Crypto Gumbo. 
And uh, and, How you doing, and, and you are on the Unshackled Liberty podcast. Um, nice. Yeah, thanks. I thank like being so. unshackled. It's yes. a good thing. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah. So I want I want to thank you for coming on. And uh, uh, before we dive into too deep, I wanted to um, you know talk to you a little bit about some of the things I was talking to Gumbo about earlier. Is is uh, we're we're kind of a goofy little podcast. I don't know if you've seen or or, uh, or heard our show much, but um, you know we, we go back and forth between kind of you know goofy and dumb. Um, but it's really important <laughs> to me that. Uh, that we treat this topic with absolute respect. So um, I, I don't, I don't know how else to say that other than if, if you think we're asking a question or we think we're going off on the side uh, where, where we're maybe being a little disrespectful, please let us know. It certainly is not our intention. I know you're dealing with uh, with a pretty heavy topic. This is a heavy topic to, to have a conversation about and a very important one. And I don't want to treat it um, lightly. Is that, is that fair? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Very yeah. good. Thank, thanks for coming on. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we, uh, before we get going? About me? Um, yeah. Um, wait a minute. Sorry, I just messed up. Huh. Okay. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I've had two, I can tell you one thing about myself. I've had too many learning curves in the technology space um, Believe it. lately. <laughs> Hard um, to keep up. That's for sure. It is kind of. Um, anyway, um, well, my identity now, I guess, in the last seven years has been Ross Ulbricht's mother. I did have another identity. I mean, that was always <laughs> his mom, but um, that wasn't my claim to fame necessarily. But um, when Ross was arrested, I knew I had to save him. Yeah. He, I love him very much. He's a wonderful person. He's quite exceptional, really. And I know I'm his mom, but he really is. And um, I just couldn't, couldn't uh, rest. You know, and so, um, in fact, when I saw him, the first time I saw him after his arrest was in what's called the shoe, which is segregated housing unit. And it's quite the process just to get in the glass room and see him through the, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty horrible. And um, I told him then I would never desert him. I vowed that to him and um, mm. I will keep that. So, oh, good. Um, I can't. I'm kind of trapped by mother love for one thing. Yeah. But um, I also don't feel like I feel like it's wrong, you know. And a, a nonviolent first-time offender, peaceful person like Ross, who would never intentionally hurt someone, um, should not die in a cage in our country. Right. This is That's America. Right. This shouldn't be happening. And of course, he's one of many thousands, thousands of nonviolent people who are serving life sentences. And um, which is shocking to me. I didn't know that. So I've become kind of, I've had the opportunity because of Ross to have be in front of a lot of microphones and to be given a platform, not only to talk about him, but about the government overreach, the um, terrible, you know, our criminal justice system has been weaponized against people and the terrible things that are going on in terms of just, you know, it almost, it's like torture really, to families and to these people. And so that it's become a greater cause for me and for Ross, as far as reforming the system, at least bringing it back the way it used to be. Yeah. Which, you know, it's 800% more prisoners now than used to be before the drug war. 800%, and, um, that's a big I number. Much more reasonable sentencing, pardon me? That's an 800%, that's Sorry. a big number. Yeah. yeah, it's a, you know, metastasized into this monster. So, um, yeah, so I've kind of become a advocate for criminal justice reform, as well as my son. And we both will continue to do that when I get him out. Good. Um, so there's other people there who need to be saved, too. I think I heard you. Sad to um, say about the country. Yeah, I, I'm going to cut in here real quick. I, I think I think I heard you on the uh the uh, Babylon B, I think you went on with those guys. Yeah, there. And, and that was I, fun. That was great. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good show. I wanted to give you an opportunity to before we got in too far was to share a little bit about your faith. We spoke we spoke briefly on the yeah. Facebook Messenger that uh, that you are a Christian, and this is a Christian show. Both Gumbo and I are Christians as well, and and I wanted to give okay. you an opportunity to to tell us a little bit about that, if if you wanted to, yeah, and if you don't want to, that's Christian. fine too. No, no, I would be very happy to have the opportunity. Um, I do talk to a lot of uh, libertarians and anarchists or atheists, so yeah. I don't, you know, but when, so I don't get, I don't really get into my faith. It's pretty personal, I guess, but it's pr I'm pretty open about it. Um, I'm quite sure 
that um, God is watching over my whole journey. And in fact, way back, it's been several years now, I remember I was in New York, I was just lying in bed. You know how you wake up and it's kind of you're half awake and I just heard, but it wasn't really hearing. It wasn't from my ears, it wasn't a thought in my mind, it was just a, a, a silent voice in a way right. saying he will be free, he will be free. And later, same thing, the Lord will lead. And I thought, okay, I have the hope and the guidance is that the Lord will lead me. And honestly, I, not that we haven't made mistakes along the way that I've learned a lot, but doors have been opened that I'm, I'm like, this is another miracle. This is a miracle. And so I believe, I truly do believe that God does not intend for Ross to die in a cage. Okay. He's got big things for him to do. And, Amen. And, yeah. And so it gives me strength. You know, I, I, it's a hard road I've been on. It's been very exhausting and um, scary and challenging and lots, lots of different things. You know, and, and I, I admit that I don't always find joy in my trials. I try, but you know, it's not easy as you know, I'm sure. But um, it does keep me going to believe that um, there's something greater going on here and that we are being used for a reason mm -hmm. that, and that God will turn it for good. And I honestly believe that we are all, in, people who are fighting for freedom are in a battle of good and evil right now. I see it as a whole cosmic battle of good and evil, not just political parties and all that. No, I think there's it really, we are down to a real cosmic battle and I want to be on team good. Right. And so That's right. I'm not going to go against God almighty, you know, and I feel like, um, yeah. And so it gives me strength because it's not all my strength that I have to go on. That's good. And Ross too. I mean, to just to say he's he Ross is right there with me, you know, that we see this in God's hands and that brings him a lot of peace as well. Now, were you a Christian before Ross was arrested or is this something that happened later? I was a Christian. Oh, okay. I, I was a new age hippie for a long time and uh, I was raised Episcopalian, but I, I, you know, then I was, oh, I've been into all kinds of interesting things <laughs> like that, you know. But then I realized, you know, I was always spiritually seeking. So I was spiritual. I was never an atheist. And I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, but um, I realized I was seeking, seeking, and I was driving by churches all the time. And I'm like, I'm a Westerner here, and I'm trying to practice Eastern religions, and it's not working for me. But maybe I should give the Western tradition a try. <laughs> yeah. You know, what a concept. And um, so as an adult, I... I became a Christian and that's a whole other story, but okay. um, yeah. it sort of uh, happened. <laughs> and out of my becoming a Christian, the rest of my family did, including Ross, his sister, my husband, you know, we all did over that's time. And, um, so Ross writes about his faith in a essay called um, Five Keys to Inner Strength. I learned in five years in prison. It's up on medium.com and on our website. Okay. And he talks, one of those keys is his faith. And it's really interesting how he talks about it because he he's, comes from a scientific background. He's a physics major. He's a science guy, wants proof. And he talks about how he finally has been brought to his knees, literally facing a life sentence. Yeah. And that yeah. abyss of darkness. And he had to, he, you know, he was brought to that point. And um, it's really, it's really a wonderful uh, essay in general, but in that particular part is very powerful. Talks about it. I'm going to look that up. You no, know, it's, um, it says a lot how you, you're so sure and confident in that, all that hope that you have. It, you know, there's only a, one source where you can get that kind of peace while you're going through trials, while you're going through those battles. And that, that's, that's amazing to see. That's right. Right. Yeah, well, and the other thing is, you know, when you're really down, you know, I mean, I already was a Christian and I was, do have, did have faith, but sometimes it's like, you know, you're on your knees, you know? Yeah. When he yeah, got his know. sentence, oh my God, that was like the worst, you know, except the trial when he was convicted, 
But then when he got that sentence, it was just, you know, how am I going to, you know, but it's through God that you do. So and prayers get answered. Yeah. Prayers do get answered. That's, that's the fact. That's true. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, about that. I think most of the people listening to the story already kind of know um, what the Silk Road was and who, and who Ross is and, uh, and all that stuff. But, but uh, for those that, that might be listening to this for the first time, um, did you kind of want to run through some of that stuff? Like what was, what, yeah, what was the Silk Road and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and what was, what was Ross's role in all of that and all and everything. And then we'll just kind of, I guess, ask questions as we go. Yeah. Uh, well, really Ross, um, when he was 26 years old, well, and before leading up to when he was 26 and, and created the site, he was, he became on fire for freedom. He was wrong. Yeah. He worked for the Ron Paul campaign. He, he, uh, you know, read Austrian economics and all of those guys and it became just passionate about free markets and uh, the, the potential for monetary freedom through Bitcoin too, and just freedom in, in these different ways. And he wanted to bring that experience to people. And um, so he, with the help of a friend who was a programmer, because Ross is not a programmer, although you'll read that in the media, but yeah. he did a lot of things in the media that aren't true. Um, he uh, created the site, it was his idea, and um, it was a site that was based on the non-aggression principle of, of you know, no, no force could be used, no third party could be harmed by any transaction. If two people wanted to exchange something, that was their choice, according to the administration, but not if it hurt a third party. So, right. for example, no child pornography was permitted because that hurts a child. No stolen property was permitted. It hurts that the owner of the property, that kind of thing. It was strictly peaceful interactions, or that was the, certainly the intention. And actually, the 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 government. You, you read these things on the media, you know, but the government never accused Ross of, of or Silk Road of having anything related to pedophilia on the site. Uh, or there's yeah, legitimately zero victims identified during the whole process, no right? Were identified at yeah. trial, and. Um, <clears throat> So, but drugs were there, mostly user amounts of cannabis, um, but other drugs too. I think it was a terrible mistake. He does too. He, re- he really regrets it. But yeah, so th- that was there. But he was held responsible for everything on the site. Not that he did it. Not that he, it's like holding Jeff Bezos responsible for somebody selling something on Amazon. That, right. You know. Um, or, or the Craigslist guys, right? Like, you know, Craigslist, everything goes on on Craigslist, right? Yeah. Facebook. Yep. I mean, yeah. And, um, and, and actually it came out fairly recently in front of Congress that Facebook sold like a hundred thousand times more drugs than Silk Road ever did. Um, I think in six months. That's crazy. I mean, and they, they wow. were going to keep track. They're finally forced to keep track. I mean, there's all kinds of transactions happening. So anyway, he, his intentions were good. I would say he was, you know, he definitely made a mistake. I think things got out of hand, but um, he, and then he was smeared with the murder for hire thing, which has been out and Ross says he never did that, that, and, and it was never a, a charge at trial. It never went before a jury, a jury didn't rule on it, but the prosecutors talked about it. And apparently this is part of their typical playbook, which I had no idea before I got involved in this. There was an um, indictment in Maryland based on material supplied by corrupt agents who are now in prison. And um, that has been dismissed with prejudice. There's nothing about that. There's nothing in the legal system that says Ross planned anybody's murder. And in fact, the only alleged victim come, has come out publicly and said, I don't believe it's Ross and I'm looking forward to having him over for dinner kind of thing. And Curtis Green. So that has been handled, except that the media and social media, you know, really distorts things and, you know, it's it's still out there. But I don't think it's quite as bad as it used to be. But apparently this is what prosecutors do to smear people and undermine support. Yeah, no, they do. They do that. Um, what was his what was his arrest like did they just come in storming in one day or or do you know how all that went down um 
he was at the, he went to the public library. He was downloading the Colbert report that came out in trial and um, they had agents and grabbed him. Yeah. Grabbed him there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And uh, they just, the well, way they just grabbed him, grabbed his computer and ushered him out of there. And, and, yeah. uh, and they totally bungled the computer investigation. This is detailed in um, some material on our website called Silk Road, the true, I always forget the title, it's terrible because it used to be railroaded, but the, the true and untold story. And it's based on the public record. And there's a whole recounting of how they bungled uh, the laptop investigation and broke protocol over and over again till the final evidence off of it was a copy of a copy of a copy. In the middle of all that, it crashed. In the middle of all that, one agent had it for like three hours unsupervised. Yeah, that's... Um, it, it was a, a joke. Isn't there I supposed to be a chain of custody for that stuff? Pardon me? There, there's supposed to yes, be a chain of custody for that, right? Supposed to be. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So can all this be found on uh, freeross.org? Yeah, as I was saying, it's called the... Um, Pull it up and I can, the real and untold story. It's right on the, uh, there's a link to it right on the homepage. Mm. Uh, Silk Road, the um, real and untold story. And it's, um, you can read it and there's, it's heavily footnoted. Uh, or you can listen to it as a podcast or you can watch it as a little video yeah, with like pictures that. of the different agents and all the different people involved. It's kind of, it's very riveting because yeah. uh, it was quite the saga, this whole Silk Road investigation and lots of corruption involved. Imagine that corruption in government. Imagine <laughs> that. So, um, so what was the trial like? How did how did uh, when you know? So obviously the trial was was very frustrating and painful. But did you guys think? I mean, I, I you know we, I you know I don't know. I've never been in a situation like this, but I can almost imagine like if 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 I got busted for something like this, I would almost go, okay. So how hard is the slap on the wrist going to be, right? I mean, you know, and, and, you know, so I, so I wanted to like, did you guys think that it was going to be this big of a deal that he was going to get no. two life sentences plus 40 oh, years? Never. I never, no. well, you know, when I was growing up, you didn't get a life sentence unless you were a mass murdering maniac. Yeah, unless you killed somebody, right? Yeah. Like, oh, and, you and, know, and, yeah. yeah, even a lot of murderers don't get life. Right. So I never, in fact, Ross even said to me, I'm afraid she's going to give me life. I said, she's not going to give you life. She won't give you life. So what was the justification for such a harsh punishment? Uh, um, it was, she used, in, when she did the sentencing, she referred to the uncharged, um, un, uncharged allegations of murder for hire as part of her justification. And this, was, this was brought to the Supreme Court because that's a violation of the Sixth Amendment, which states, and it was written to protect the accused from such judges. It states that, um, a judge can't, you have, you're ruled on by a jury of your peers, supposedly peers, 12 people. One judge is not permitted by the Constitution to decide something's true or someone's guilty based on something that's not proven. And she did exactly that in writing, in the transcripts. It was, and it was challenged at the Supreme Court and they didn't take it. And apparently it's a problem. It's been, Scalia wrote about it. Um, our lawyer clerked for Scalia, and he made a great argument. It was, um, it's been going on, this violation of the Sixth Amendment has been going on in our country for decades and decades, and um, it's just sort of, nobody cares. And it's kind of like, no, you don't get to, you know, accuse somebody, you know, sentence somebody based on, or, or even justify your sentence based on something a jury never ruled on. As, yeah, as we're as we're talking anonymous about this, chats. it's all anonymous chats. As we're talking about this, all, I'm here. I'm hearing so many things that you're saying. It's just like red flags, indicators yeah. that something was not right. Mm-hmm. Oh, and of course, I went in there. We went in there. This big statue of justice in the foyer of the courtroom. These 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 courthouses are like a friend of mine said, um, as if they are gods. It's like built as if they are gods. So you're already kind of overwhelmed going into these majestic buildings and there's justice as a statue and it's props it's all props because our system has been hijacked and i expected well we're in america 
we're going to have a fair trial. We're going to get our say and blah, blah. No, that did not happen. Yeah. Yeah. More and more that's not happening. It, right. It's not, this is typical. In fact, it's why 98% of people plead, plea, take a yeah. plea because prosecutors bully them and threaten them, threaten their families to, to do that. And they're told, rightly so, that if they do go to trial, they're going to pay what's called a trial tax, which means you're going to get a much, much worse punishment than if you just plea, even if you're not guilty. I know people have told me, I pled to stuff that was not guilty, they've told me. Yeah. Um, this is not how it's supposed to work, but prosecutors run the uh, courtrooms now. Yeah, they do. Well, we have, we have a, you know, the, the, the prison industry is a growth industry, right? Like you had mentioned that, that, it, that, it, that it grew, what, 800%? Is that what you said? Yes, since, since the 80s, since the drug since war. It stayed at a very, very um, uh, steady 180 million nationwide, which is a lot of people. But mm -hmm. now it's, uh, well, it's 800% more. So what would that be? You know, it's if the prison population were a state, its own state, it would be bigger than 11 states. That's well, it'd, how be, it'd be bigger than Hawaii. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, I, Hawaii is one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, I think the numbers sit at 20% uh, of the world's prison population are American. Yeah. Are, are in America, right? Or 25, I, I think it is yeah. actually. 25. So, so yeah, it's like one in five or one in four. If you're a prisoner in the world, you have a 20 to 25% chance of being in an American prison. That's crazy. Which is crazy because we only yes. have, what, 4.23% of the, of the world's population. So our prison population is, is overrepresented. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it's overrepresented. It, it, you know, that it is. is. It's overrepresented no, right. by by you you're know right. in, in the world's in the world's prison population. So now, to be uh, fair, there are countries that probably just kill them. To be honest, they probably yeah, just you're right. I mean, you you're right. So, you got I mean, some of those, but yeah. still, this is the land of the free. This didn't used to be the way it was. This is not American. It's un-American. What's going on? And I try to get that across to conservatives because you know. This is about freedom and about how America, America's traditions. And um, Ross read a book written by a judge and he was telling me about it. And he said, before the drug war and all this happened, if you were committed a crime and you were up before a judge, 50% of the people just went home. They either did community service or whatever. Now everybody goes to jail Yeah. and they do make money. Yeah. And there's a huge amount of subsidiary industries in and out, inside and outside the prison that it's so big uh, it's and and human beings are the inventory here so my question is how is that not human trafficking yeah if you're making money that is that's it's, a good point our government is involved in human trafficking and yes there are private prisons also involved in human trafficking but my question is and by the way judges and prosecutors are allowed to invest in them hmm. but i they're not really private. I mean, I can't go build a prison and say, hey, come to my prison. Well, no, it's a partnership. It's really with the whole thing, you know, yeah. anyway. It's, no, you're right. It's, it's a partnership with the government. It's, it's mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, cause you know, on its face, you go, okay, private, private prisons. You go, oh, well, you know, I want to privatize everything until you realize that it's not really privatized. Right. You know, and the inventory are human beings. Exactly. I've been asked that question by, by libertarians and I'm like, well, you know, it's in that one, I, I believe in, in privatizing a lot of things. I think it would work, but um, not that. Not like this. And when you have, when you have that, you have that level of, 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 uh, of partnership between the government and private industry, it always gets convoluted, right? It, it just always does, you know? And uh, so why, why wouldn't the prison industry be, be the same? Why wouldn't it be? Cause it would be, it is. And by the way, you know, they give money to, to private prisons donate money to politicians. Mm -hmm. And they also are one of the biggest lobbyists in Washington against um, marijuana legalization because, yeah. hey, that's a big source of inventory. Yeah, yeah. And if, so if you, if, you, if you legalize marijuana, you know, not that I'm advocating for recreational marijuana use, you know, that's, that's, that's between, you know, individuals and their God. But, um, you know, if you legalize that and, and uh, you now remove all of those nonviolent marijuana, uh, you know, criminals, we'll say, you know, whatever, you know, from, from prison. Now, now you've, now you've totally reduced that, like you said, that inventory and that, uh, and that revenue flow for those private, that private industry. Right. 
Over 60% yeah. of the prison, what I read, is um, nonviolent drug offenders and some also some immigration offenders, nonviolent, over 60%. Yeah. And where I used to live in near, to be near Ross in Colorado, there were 12 prisons around that whole area and all these towns lived off the prisons. I mean, that's what everybody was, worked for the prison. And um, if they legalized marijuana or, and, or you know, it, the, the whole place would go into a depression because they'd have to lay off guards. They, they wouldn't have the inventory. There was an article I read that a private prison uh, put out a thing in the town saying, hey, you know, we got a lot of empty beds here. We're going to have to shut down. You won't have your prison if you don't get us some people. I'm like, wait a minute, isn't it supposed to be good that there aren't a lot of people in prison? But Wow. So, so they've, they've created a system that you, you, can't, you can't turn the train around. You know what I mean? It can only grow right. or collapse. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's not only the prisoners, which are horrible. I mean, Ross has been in 22 to 24-hour-a-day lockdown now in an 8 by 10 metal box. He's fed through a slot in the door since March, six months, because of COVID and the riots. They've shut it down, you know. And uh, this is torture. Yeah. He's now so happy because he's getting out one hour a week outside. That's it. And then he's back in the box. And he hasn't done anything special. It's just, they're doing this to all the prisoners. This is not humane. This is cruel and unusual punishment, which is a violation of the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution. Yeah. And, and it's, it's for a website. <laughs> and then you get, then you know, yeah. I mean, you break it all down to its to its to its basic, you know, fundamental properties here, and and it's because he was running a website. Mm -hmm. I I'm I, I'm so glad you're here. I, I don't know I don't know how what else to say about that whole thing. I just I want people to hear you. I want people to hear yeah. your voice. I want to, I want people to hear the voice of, of 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 a mother whose son, whose young son, is in prison for life because of a website. That, that's disgusting to me and to, and to, and to sit here and, and to be proud, uh, you know, I mean, we, we need to, you know, you, you find pride in different things, I guess, but, but like, this is America, right. you know, you know, I've got my complaints, I've got my issues with this place and, um, but this isn't supposed to happen here. No, absolutely not. It's been hijacked. Our values have been hijacked and um, we better watch out. We're going to lose our freedom. That's what I think. I was just I was just talking to Gumbo about that. I'm I'm on a 14 day quarantine because I traveled to California, and came back to Hawaii, and uh, I was complaining about that. And I and I, and I feel ultimately now I feel very inadequate in my complaints because I'm talking to you about your son. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I know. I I was complaining uh, about something to Ross on the phone. I'm like, what am I thinking? I'm yeah. complaining to you, and he laughed. You know. But he's keeping his spirits up, you know. He's very, he's treating it like a spiritual retreat. Okay. You know, that's what so he's doing. It's been, what else are you going to do in a metal box? Well, some people will rail against it and yeah. freak out. That's not him. He's very. But if, but if you've got Christ, yep. right, and and you and you consider everything that 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 he did for us, and you meditate on that, and you meditate on his word, and you meditate, and you let the spirit move in you. Um, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to say that I'd be able to do it. I, I clearly, I, I'm, I, you know, I'd be a hypocrite if I, if I, if I try to say that, but, um, I think you have a greater hope than, 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 than those who don't have Christ. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, and, uh, so your hope that you have, I think is, I think Gumbo mentioned it is, is, is amazing. And I think it's very inspirational. Um, Good. what did you what did you think the verdict was going to be? I know you, we, we said we didn't expect it to be, you know, a back-to-back -back life sentence plus 40 years. What did you no. think it was going to be? <laughs> um, no? I didn't really think, into, I, I honestly, I didn't think about exactly what it would yeah. be. It's just such a horrendous experience, to be, honestly, to be there and watch a judge lie, yeah. watch prosecutors shut down, inter, uh, you know, cross-examination, watch uh, evidence be suppressed and I'm like what is going on here it was, it was just um, really disillusioning I went in there quite patriotic 
and I still am for the principles of our country, but um, not necessarily for the government of our country. Right. And um, I went in there, not totally naive, but certainly patriotic. And I have, I have, I've been disillusioned. I'm, I still love America and the principle it's founded on. I still think it's, you know, I think most all, I don't even talk about all our governments, all governments, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely still, as far as I can see, one of the freest places to be, at least in parts of it. Yeah. Parts of it don't seem so free. And, um, so it was disillusioning. I'm definitely had my perspective changed um, from observing all this close up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. So um, ha- have you guys, you guys have appealed this? Have you guys have gone through yeah, it's the got, it's appeal appeal process? To, yeah, we appealed to the second circuit, which is New York again. He Ross was arrested a- in California. He should have been in a court in the ninth circuit, right? but he was, extradited you might say to new york because they wanted that case and um so he he had appealed to the second circuit (laughs) even though those judges said they wouldn't have given that sentence they upheld it which i was very disappointed i thought they would at least give him a shot at a lesser sentence and then so then it went to the supreme court and at the supreme court it the Supreme, by the time it gets to the Supreme Court, they're not delving into the details of the case. It's, you have to bring one or two main principles that will affect everyone to the court and have them rule. One was a Fourth Amendment. There were so many, uh, so many um, amendments that were uh, violated in this case. But the one that they brought up, two that they brought, I mean, it was the Fourth Amendment and the way they... Um, just delve into any of our internet activity without a warrant, without probable cause, in secret, with no oversight, and can scarf up whatever you're doing, any personal information, um, which of course, it's based on the dial telephone. It was a ruling 40 years ago based on dialing a phone number. Now we're carrying around powerful little computers that contain all kinds of relevant information, but the the law hasn't caught up with our protections here. And you know, the founding fathers didn't mention, you know, laptops in the, you know, fourth amendment. And so right. well, it's, not a, it's not papers. And um, so uh, we're, we're not being protected. Our fourth amendment uh, protections are being shredded um, because the law isn't changing. This was an opportunity for them to do something about that and they didn't. Then uh, they didn't take it, which we were shocked. Even our lawyer, who's done a lot of Supreme Court cases and he's very renowned, he took the case really as a charity case. Um, yeah. Thought it was so important. Wonderful person. And, um, and the other uh, thing, the other principle was I mentioned before the Sixth Amendment and basing a sentence on uncharged allegations that were never ruled on by a jury. That is not allowed. And yet, there it was, and they didn't take that one either. So once you've gone to the Supreme Court, you've run out of direct appeals. You can't go, you're out of the courts mostly, which in a way is a relief because it's such a, uh, just trying to deal with the law, lawyers, courts, it's a nightmare. So now what? So we are still in a court back in New York. Um, it's, It's kind of a Hail Mary that you do you know, hoping that you can get some kind of relief and it is in process, but COVID slowed everything down. And the other option, the other hope is that, um, is a commutation from the president. And we have a a petition. It's over 353,000 signers right now. Um, It's on freeross.org to put in a plug for that. Just go there, there's a big banner, you click it, it goes right to the petition, takes less than a minute. Please, join, please sign and share it if you think that a first-time nonviolent offender, young guy, made a mistake, should be should die in a cage. It's a walking death sentence this woman gave him. It really is, and uh, a long, slow one, and uh, it, it's wrong. And it puts other people in peril. I mean, it's it's, um, it's it sets a terrible precedent for others and for excessive sentencing in our country. So um, 
yeah, it, uh, now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I do that all uh, can, I, can I ask you, um, were you able, ever able to, to contact that, that judge or did you ever write her or have any contact? A uh, hundred people wrote her at sent before sentencing, begging her to give him the least possible sentence, which would have been 20 years. And instead she gave him a death in prison sentence. She said she read them and they were really compelling. Oh, well, so what? Goodbye, who cares? And uh, did that. Um, <clears throat> but I wrote her, uh, they're actually public. They're on freeross.org under Meet Ross. There's a link, 100 letters. And um, from family and friends, people and inmates, fellow prisoners who know Ross. And they, they're very beautiful letters, all attesting to his character and to his peaceful nature and his compassion and his idealism and all of that. And uh, that uh, Judge Forrest was unmoved. But Judge Forrest, thankfully for justice, is retired. Although she's young, she, uh, for some reason, stepped down. And so that's good because the thing we have in the court, the habeas petition won't be in front of her. It was gonna be in front of the same judge, which is a travesty, it's a joke. Oh, wow. The same judge that gives you double life, you're supposed to go there and beg for a better sentence. Mm, that'll happen. So, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's <laughs> very heavy. It is. It really I couldn't, is. I couldn't, you know, I want to, I try to, I try to imagine what, whenever I see something or I hear something that that's so challenging, I try to put myself in these different positions to see, you know, it just play mind games with myself to try and figure out how I would, who I would have to be or what I would have to if I'm the judge, how do I make this ruling? If I'm the judge, right? Like, like looking at this, I mean, I, you know, I don't know all the details that, that, that she knew, you know but I mean? Like if I'm looking at all this stuff and where do you have to be in your heart to do a double life sentence plus 40 years for an internet website? I don't know. Pretty dark place. Yeah. You gotta be a pretty dark place. I don't. And then, and then, I just don't. And then, and then to go through the whole process with the appeals and everything else and still not seek and still not get the justice that you, that you guys deserve, that he deserves. Um, for the this. courts are not, it, they're not, they're stacked against the defendant. They are it's just the way they are. They're stacked they are. against you. I mean, before the, the uh, trial was, and um, you know, that's our system is corrupt. It really, really is. It's not what our founders intended at all. It's not. It's not. Um, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know, Lynn, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I, I want to give you uh, every opportunity to, to, to voice your, um, you know, just your message because it's a powerful one. And I know we've talked about freeross.org a couple of times. Um, we've talked about the petition. And uh, I, I think everybody listening to the show needs to uh, just go to freeross.org, look at the website, uh, click on the links, understand what, what, what's going on here, and then, and then sign the petition if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, Share it, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, we will. We'll put it out when we release well, I mean, this. People with, signing too yeah. to their communities. And the other thing is if anybody has political connections in Washington or not just Washington, um, you know, at any level, um, and they might, if those people might be interested or they could connect me, you, if you can get in touch with me on the footer of every page of the website. There's a way to get, a, you know, click and there's a way to get in touch with me and yeah. to, and to, and to write Ross as well. Okay. But, um, yeah, there's lots of ways people can help. We have an action page and we've had tremendous help. I mean, that's, been, I mean, like Kyle at Babylon B, I met him at Liberty Forum and we talked and, and then he, you know, said, oh, I want to have you on. And he's, he's a lovely person. He really is wonderful. And, um, <clears throat> and both those guys were great on the interview too. And it's, um, but I was at Liberty Forum, which is part of the Free State Project. And those people have stood by us from day one, you know, been there for us in so many ways and so many others as well. I mean, we've had 
one of the silver linings for me is meet is the meeting all these amazing people I've met who are supporting Ross's freedom. Yeah. They're wonderful, principled, idealistic, great people. And I just really savor the vision of Ross meeting all of these wonderful people. Um, because I know he'd love them and they'd love him and you all. And, you know, it's, it's, I think I do have hope it'll happen. I have a very strong visual vision, you know, feeling that it'll happen. And um, I pray every day it'll happen. And I know lots of people are praying for, for that, for Ross to be free. And I think, you know, like we talked about that, that is powerful. And it's only people and paperwork. It's not, we're not asking to physically move a mountain over here. We're just asking for a piece of paper to be signed. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. That's that right. can happen in this world. Yeah, it can. Well, um, Lynn, I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, okay. But uh, no, I wanted, to, I wanted to thank you for, uh, for coming on the show and sharing this with us. And, and uh, we, we will push this out as soon as we can. And we will get it to as many people as we can. Um, and we will share it. So uh, is, there any, is there anywhere else we can find you besides freeross.org? Uh, well, that's really the best. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we're on Facebook. I've been connecting, but actually, we're on Facebook, as you know. We connected yep. there. We have a free Ross community page. <clears throat> so actually, there's not as much information, but certainly I'm available to be contacted. We have a Twitter page. Um, I'm on there, free underscore Ross. There's also Ross's Twitter page, which I don't, I'm not as much on, but um, he actually composes messages that are posted by a close family friend who um, it's all his words. He just doesn't have access to right. the, And you can really get a sense of who else is in there. Yeah. Uh, in, in his words. He's growing apple seeds now. He's growing these apple seed plants that um, he's been doing this in, in several prisons and <laughs> had them confiscated and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, in fact, one of them was named, oh gosh, he was in the shoe again for, so I can't remember why now, I, something, not disbehavior, but in any case, um, so they called him Schubert, the, the apple seed plant Schubert, you know, <laughs> as a whole, and there was a hashtag free Schubert, and it became a whole thing. Anyway, he's got um, Schubert's uh, descendants are uh, proliferating, and he's giving them around to the different uh, other prisoners to have some green in their cell, you know, to have... So, and he's doing experiments with them and, you know, he's just a creative, fun, uh, sweet person, you know, and life loving and nature loving and all that. And you really get that sense of him there. Some cool things have happened recently, like um, uh, a supporter put a billboard up in Times Square, Free Ross. I don't know if you saw that. And uh, the same person was so excited about that, that he put up another one in Brooklyn and now he just they just put up a mural taken from Ross's drawing on a wall in Soho this person's oh, wow. obviously a New Yorker and um, that's really cool that just went up this week so you know it, it's there's a lot of support out there for Ross he inspires a lot of people so well, we all just want to be free. We want to be free. It's just like the um, founders want us to be free. That's right. That's, yeah. that's right. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's not. It's easy <laughs> stuff. It's just you got a few people out there trying to wreck it, wreck it for everybody, and oh, uh, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, you know, Ross Ross kind of got in the middle of all that, and so we need to try and do what we can to get him out of there. Thank um, you. Okay, Gumbo. Anything else? No. Uh, we just. It was. It was very nice to have you on. It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you. It was a pleasure for me too. Glad right. to have finally gotten together. All right. I'm going to end the recording here, guys. Okay. Hey, man. Hey. So you know who we got on today? This is episode, we this is episode 33. That's crazy. You know what we that's, screwed up? That's crazy talk. You know what we screwed up? Probably we, a lot. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, hello. But uh, you know that debate episode that we did 
with yeah. with Derek and Jeremiah. Yeah. I kept calling that episode thirty one. Uh oh. That was okay. episode thirty two. It's so all good, what? man. I mean, you know, I mean math is hard for us anyway. Doesn't matter. So you know who we got today? We got Lynn. Yeah. We've got Lynn Ulbrick. And uh that's Ross Ulbrick's mom. So really kind of neat, excited to talk to her. Um I'll be honest, like more than anything else, I am uh, kind of nervous for this one. Do you remember how I was kind of like nervous when Pete Quinones, when we did the episode with Pete Quinones, right? Yeah. I was I was nervous because I felt like, you know, he's, he's a legit podcaster, like legit. And we're just a couple of goofballs out here messing around, you know? Not that we're, so, I mean, we're podcast. You know what I mean by that, right? I, like, I agree with you, but here's the yeah. thing. So we, we kind of... Uh, we ebb and flow, you know, we're, we're kind of, it's a, called a variety show. So we're, we're all over the place. Right. So I like that because we're not, we're not pinned down to one specific topic and being a certain way. Cause that's not very libertarian. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I, I don't know, man. I, I like what we have. I like our flavor. I mean, I, you know, but one of the things that, uh, but I'm I'll be honest, I'm, I'm nervous because, well, this is kind of a heavy episode that we're doing. Yeah. It is this one, you know, we goof off and we, and we're, you know, we, we, ebb, we go back and forth between funny and stupid, you know, kind of mostly stupid. I think some, but that's fine. That's our, that's our, whatever. That's our thing. But I, I just don't want to be, you know what I mean? I don't want to be disrespectful because this is a heavy no, episode. You know yeah, what I mean? We're not, we're not going to be disrespectful, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she, she agreed to come on. We're going to ask questions and uh, I'll, I'll, we'll tell her straight up. You know, if we if we overstep our bounds, just tell us to shut up or tell us, yeah. you know, you don't want to go there. Because first of all, anyone that wants to come and be on the show is that, that it's a pleasure for us to have that. It's an honor. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm typing to her right now. Um, just gave her the link to the Zoom room. So. Told her we're not quite ready yet, but give her give us about fifteen minutes or so. But yeah, no, um, I just don't want to be, you know, like you said, we're we're. Well, we've done, we've done some pretty heavy shows in the past. I mean, think about the bee pig stuff with yeah, Think about the the heavy topics with Jeremiah. Think about uh, what what was your friend that we had on um, about a, a Planned Parenthood and abortion yeah. and yeah, I mean, that's some serious stuff. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and we're we're talking to Lynn, and her son is in prison right now, and I just want to be respectful of that situation. You know, I couldn't. I've been I've been up on this episode probably for the last couple of weeks, really excited about having this interview, really nervous, really excited, back and forth, and uh, just for me. And you, you, I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth necessarily, but you know, I can't think about this without thinking about my family. Oh, of course you, not. You know what uh, I mean? Like, yeah. honestly, just, just to be clear, you know, as, as a father looking at my kids and kind of, you know, I couldn't imagine going through what she's going through. So I want to do our best to try and be honorable of, of that situation. Yeah. But, but I want to get, I want to get the information that, 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 uh, that's out there because the biggest issue I think that we're dealing with, with this one is the police state. And it's debatable. I think a lot of people would be willing to debate whether or not we even have a police state. But I think after talking to Lynn today, it'll be, it'll be very clear that we have a police state that the prison industry is a growth industry, you know, and, uh, yeah. and, you know, we'll just let, we'll just, I guess, let the conversation happen and see what happens. But that's my, that's my hypothesis for this discussion. You know, are you, are you afraid that I'm going to say something that I'm not, I'm not supposed to? I'm more afraid. I'm going to say something. You? Oh, yeah. Come well, on. Yeah, you know how that you goes. would you would never say anything inappropriate at the <laughs> at the worst time, right? <laughs> yeah, I probably would. I, I you know, and not not intentionally, but no, I think I think uh, you know, I'm going into this. Hopefully, hopefully, we're going into this with the right attitude. So, yeah. but for now, what's up with California? You know about California? Uh, I know about California. Yes. But I don't know specifically what you're talking about. So I'm looking at a map. I mean, I don't want to, I'm looking at a map. Hey, Hey, California tool tool told me that California is going to fall into the ocean. That's going to be Arizona Bay. Who said that? Some say the end is near. What was that? Tool. Was that just me? What? Did you hear that ding? 
Was that me? Hey, man. What you dinging on over there? Okay, I guess if it's in my ears, that's fine. Okay, whatever. Yeah. What about California? So it's on fire. Again? <laughs> Still, bro. Like, Still. I mean, but... Yeah, so uh, it's you know I'm looking at a map, looking at the look at the, this uh, California fire, fire.ca.gov/incidents/forward/slash mm. um, incidents/forward/slash. That's what it is, and uh, there are I don't I couldn't even count the amount of active fires that are going on right Whoa. now. Whoa, are you talking about San Francisco's on fire? Like, well, it doesn't look like the city, but. I mean, I'm from Sacramento and there's a San, the Sacramento San Joaquin Valley, right? You, you basically have California as a long state. It's got mountains to the coast, mountains towards Nevada. And in the yeah. middle is this huge fertile valley where all the farmland is, right? And uh, I've got family oh, wow. there that, that are like, they're just like, it's too smoky. They're taking, they're bringing their dogs, uh, you know, water bowls in, you know, uh, inside because you know they don't want the ash and the water to make lye you know now i don't know what the chemical i don't know how that works but i guess there's some outside chance that if there's enough ash in the water it could become very um problematic you know you know lye you can make soap out of lye it's yeah it's a it's a corrosive thing yeah you can clear so drains I, with it right i have so. i have a lot of friends on the uh book of faces place that uh are posting stuff you know yeah uh, and I didn't realize it was this bad. Like I'm looking at some of the pictures and the top stories on the old Google news here. Yeah. Man, this is scary looking. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 uh, it's intense. And, uh, so think Calif- about it though. Like Tome- always Temecula, and, yeah. yeah to, like, Cal- uh, like Temecula and Marietta in that area. I used to go there with one of my boys from the Navy back mm-hmm. in the day when we were stationed there. Dude, talk about step out of the a- AC into an oven. So can you imagine? Oh, somewhere yeah. so a place that hot already and it's, and then, it's on fire and now you can't breathe because yeah. it's full of smoke right so that whole valley apparently is just is just full of smoke from the from the fires all around it like the whole mountain range around it um it's just it looks like it's just fires everywhere now yeah, california has always been on fire right it's always been a thing growing up i always just so when i hear california is burning i go eh, it burns every summer right good luck with those covid masks but while there's bro, smoke in the air but bro, I don't think I've ever seen it like this. These pictures are scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, I, I don't. I don't wish anyone uh, harm, and I hope everybody's oh, safe. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they were all smart enough to, to, to go elsewhere. Yeah. Drive away from the fire. Well, I mean, when you're surrounded by it, where do you go? Away from it. Yeah. Through it. I guess. I guess this is not uh, this is not fire evasion advice, guys. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you need to evade a fire, don't listen to gumbo or or cue the abolitionist. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, we don't know what we're talking about. Stand there and wait for <laughs> hey, stand there and wait for help. Hey, you, you, I never you thought I'd have to give that disclaimer. <laughs> you remember, do you remember the really old school episodes of South Park? Whenever they were doing the volcano training, if if lava's coming your way, duck and cover. And the lava goes over them and it's just like some bones. <laughs> I've never, you know what? I don't, I've never seen, I can't say I've never seen South Park. I've, I've not seen much South Park. Well, like, I mean, when I, I watch I did, it, when I've, I've seen it a couple of times and okay, it's hilarious, but like, I can't watch that around my kids, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you know, like, so so I, I, we watched all of the uh, Rick and Morty's, right? But that's another one. You can't watch that around your kids, man. I don't, I don't, I don't need those little subliminal blasphemous messages in my kid's head, you know? Yeah. What do you got the, do I hear a name? Do I, what is that? Is that a police officer? That's that's the ambulance. What'd you do? Uh, I don't know. It was an ambulance coming your way. Coming my way. Yeah. What'd I do? I don't know, but don't open the door. Bro, so what's it life? What's it like life in, in, uh, you know, not locked up in your house for fourteen days? Well, I left work, I stopped at the store, and I came home. That's it. So everybody thinks like, so so not, so uneventful basically. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So everybody thinks that working from home is awesome. 
It's not. So it's so hard. It's hard. Yeah. Well, well, it, it, it's so it's like the grass is greener, you know? Yeah. Like, like yeah. everybody's quarantined or teleworking and I wish I could do it. Yeah. But I mean, my wife yeah. is teleworking, but, and, and she's like, whoa, man, tele- teleworking, watching kids. It's no fun. Yeah. And so, you know, my line of work, it helps if I can see what's going on. Right. It helps if I can, you know, I got five rules for my line of work. I told you what they are. Right. Yeah. Five rules. Go look, go look, go look, go look and go look. Um, trust trust but verify yeah no for real so if i then you don't the best part, best part about all those rules is you don't even have to do all five you just got to do one of them um but if if you if you go look you instantly can see what's going on right like and to to be involved in a a project and not being able to see it and you have to take the word of the people are telling you you know project management is challenging anyway because you're dealing with like incomplete information anyway right yeah and so now now i have this information coming in i have to just trust and i can't go verify dude it's not and then, and then you look like the clown whenever you're holding the hot potato and somebody's like that's wrong yeah let Blatantly me file wrong yeah let me file that <laughs> yeah let me file that report right let me make that an official statement you know and then and then you know two weeks or three weeks from now when i'm back at work in the flesh and I see that I've just just sent in two weeks worth of, of bogus reports. Hang on for a second. Yeah, dude. So like I'll go back to work and I'm gonna find out probably in you know two and a half weeks or so that that uh, we've been you know I've been personally responsible for some bogus information that's been promulgated. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like well I mean, you know. So uh that's 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 what I've been going got going on. And you know, and then you sit back and you think we're about to talk to a woman whose son is serving real time. And I'm yeah. complaining about two weeks in my living room. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you, and, and that's what I mean by trying to be respectful of the situation. You know, you know, I, I can, I can, I can whine and complain about my, my, uh, you know, the fact that I think that the state is overstepping their bounds by forcing me to quarantine at home. Um, but it's nothing compared to what Ross is going through. Right. That's so true. So how many more days do you have on quarantine? Uh, Friday, Friday. Uh, what's this Friday? It's Friday, Friday, September. Ooh, September 11th this Friday. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it so is. it's Friday, September 18th. I will be able to step outside of my house arrest. So is your, is your phone blowing up at home? Oh, bro. Yeah. It's constant. Like it's constant. I'm on the phone constantly. Like I had to turn around. Hey. Ooh, thanks for reminding me. I gotta make sure the ringer's off. Hello. I'm quarantined. <laughs> I had a meeting today and, and uh, I had to like remind them. Yeah, they're like, where have you been today? Like, I'm at home, guys. Come on, you know this. Like, <laughs> like this is not new, right? <laughs> I'm, not, you know, I'm doing one of these, one of these, uh, one of these tele tele meetings or whatever they are, right? Where you just, you know, conference in, and um, and they're like, hey, uh, we need to come over and talk to you. I'm like, oh, you can't. <laughs> well, where are you? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at home, dude. What do you mean, where am I? You know, so. Yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting dynamic. Hey, I'm jealous. Why? Because you're at home. Don't, yeah, so you don't want to be necessarily at home. Um, and don't get me wrong. Ooh, there's Lynn. Don't get me wrong. It's nice being at home, but but uh, it's uh, it's just hard to do the work, man. It's just hard to do the work. So... Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Unshackled Liberty. Now's the time where we have to pay some bills. And, and, and I guess, what do, they, what do they say? Pay some bills, clean up shop. I don't know. What, is, what are you just kind of... Sweepers, sweepers, man, your brooms. <laughs> we just kind of pimp all your stuff, right? So, like, yeah. so like if you wanted to, if you felt like you wanted to do this and you wanted to help us out financially, uh, we won't say no. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash unshackled liberty where we have a patch club. I think it's $3 a month. 
and we'll send you our, our uh, send you our morale patch. It's like a Velcro patch you can put on your stuff. It's kind of dope. Um, if you like it's our dope. if you like our show logo, you're gonna like the the uh, the patch because that's what it looks like. And uh, and then of course you can also support us at Anchor.fm/UnshackledLiberty. That's uh, those are the guys that actually put together or distribute the uh, the podcast for us. But you know what's cool about Anchor. Nope, nope, no, wrong one. Anchor.fm slash Unshackled Liberty is you can leave a message for us. Um, I kind of think that's a cool thing. You can go in there, you can leave us a voicemail. You should leave us some voicemail. Yeah. And if it's cool, we'll play it, man. I mean, if you're dropping F-bombs and you're like saying nasty stuff, we're just kind of like, thanks, but no thanks. But man, if it's... We'll if it's, laugh about it, but yeah, it yeah. we can't use it. Yeah, we'll we'll laugh between the two of us and, and whatnot. <laughs> but we're not gonna we're not gonna put it on the show. But man, if you leave us something funny, something stupid, something intellectual, right? I don't know. Yeah. Even something. Uh, leave us cre- a message. Yeah, we want to hear we'll, from you. We'll, we'll drop Where are it. you? Yeah, who, who are you? you? Who are you? Yeah, yeah. And then of course, um, you've heard us do it before, and we're we're gonna keep doing it. If you guys are musicians and you want to send us an MP3 of some of your original work. Um, you can send it to unshackled.liberty at gmail.com. Yeah. Well, and uh, where's our bass players? Where's our guitars? Where's the keyboards? Yeah, where's exactly. our flute players? Harps, where's our? I want a jazz bagpipes. Jazz, jazz flute. Yeah. Well, piccolo even. It doesn't matter. Anything. We we, we want to <laughs> provide a platform for you, creative people, to to express yourself. Yeah, dude. If you guys play a mean ukulele, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So so there's that. So you can send us that email. Uh, we'll play it. Um, so that's it, right? I think anything else we're missing. If you want to follow, if you if we want to follow you on Twitter, who who, who do we who do we follow there, Gumbo? I am at Crypto Gumbo on Twitter, and I am at Q underscore Abolitionist, and we have a show page at Unshackled underscore L, and we're most active on on Twitter. But uh, but you, I, I have a little Facebook page that I almost never use, and that's really just to distribute the. Uh, the, the show on Facebook but if you guys wanted to follow us we're most active on Twitter um, and we'd love we to we also chat. have a discord Unshackled Liberty discord but uh, we still have to build upon it a little bit more but it's still there it's kind of like entry level guys you're dealing with I mean yeah we're, we're Gen Xers but we're kind of on the kind of on like uh, you know we, we don't we don't understand a lot of that stuff man <laughs> I'm not, am I not allowed to say that? Right. I'm just joking man. all right So anyway, hey, thanks for your listenership, guys. And uh, we hope to hear from you. Mahalo.